Welcome to Drop the Gloves Podcast on Halloween. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's your host, Charlie, for another episode in the penalty box for Drop the Gloves Podcast, a show where we drink beer or alcohol and I attempt to talk sports and have all kinds of shenanigans. It is Halloween. How is everybody doing? I hope everybody's going to be safe and have fun on this night of tricks and treats. And speaking of tricks and treats, I left it up to you guys to choose uh the trick or whatever treat or nightmare uh alcohol that i was going to try for this episode and we ended up with a tie so you guys made me choose my own poison and that so i put it up on instagram last week that i was going to do um the four choices were fireball jägermeister any kind of tequila or any kind of vodka Okay, I didn't have brands in mind, but I mean, based on the uh, poll, I put in Jose Cuervo tequila and I put in Smirnoff vodka. So I, I did those. Um, but we had a tie. 50% of the voters went for Fireball. The other 50% went Jägermeister. And so you guys left it up to me, dealer's choice, to pick my own poison. And so what did I choose? I chose Fireball. Fireball cinnamon whiskey. I, I got a little bottle that's only, uh, what is it, 50 milliliters. It's just a tiny thing. Um, I, I th Here's my thought process behind it. So October is whiskey, is whiskey break month. I, I've had whiskey or bourbon or, or whatever for the whole month. And so I was like, you know what? Fireball keeps it in the theme, so that's why I picked it. And I thought it was going to be the lesser of two evils between that and Jägermeister. If you guys were going to leave it up to me to choose, then that's what I chose. And that, I mean, Fireball scares me. Jägermeister kind of scares me a little bit more. Maybe I should have gone with that. But at the same time, it's like, it is what it is. Ding. Been a very long time since we said that on this show. So, Fireball, 33%. Alcohol by volume, 66 proof, whiskey with natural cinnamon flavor. So should this not work out and I don't like it or something should happen, I will get to it here real soon. But I did bring a backup. And the backup is the James E. Pepper 1776 straight bourbon whiskey. It is 50% alcohol by volume, 100 proof. Uh the bottle sold me on this. I, I will say that I was just walking through the liquor store and I saw the label and I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to try this. I have to try this. Uh, so here is uh, the description on the back of the bottle. Born with the Republic. Established in 1780 during the American Revolution, the Pepper family brand is the oldest brand of whiskey made in Kentucky. The brand was fondly called Old 1776 by its scion, the Colonel James E. Pepper. This fine whiskey was hand-bottled at the historic Pepper Distillery in Lexington, Kentucky. So there you guys go. There's the backup. I'm going to go ahead and pour this in my glass. So this is going to be the backup. 
just in case I don't like the cinnamon uh, fireball cinnamon whiskey, which I kind of have a feeling I'm not going to like it. <laughs> so, and then, all right, time to time to do this, guys. Kind of time to face fears. If you guys are scared of something on Halloween, make sure you do it right. So, here goes nothing. All right, cap off. Oh. Trick or treat, smell my feet. Hopefully this is something good to drink. Oh, dear God. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So it does, it does burn a little bit. It does definitely burn. I went back and took a second swig. Oh, that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. Oh, it hurts. It hurts more the second time. Oh. Oh, that hurts. Oh, dear God, help me. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, it hurt. It hurt worse the second time. Why did it hurt worse? And I didn't drink it on ice, guys. I'm just swigging it. Swigging it straight out of the bottle. Oh, dear God. Thank God it's a small bottle, but at the same time, oh, golly. Wow. Okay. Fireball. I have faced my fear. The first go around, it was okay. I mean, if you could hear the coughs, I mean, kind of go to show you how, like, unprepared I was for it. But then you, then I take a second. Oh, why did I do a second time? Why did I do it a second time? Oh. Okay, Fireball, you 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 stay over there on that side of the table and you don't move ever again. All right, so let's move on to the 1776 straight bourbon whiskey from the James E Pepper distilling out of Lexington, Kentucky. Let's give this a shot. Not bad. It's not bad. I'm pretty good. I'm way better than the fireball. Definitely way better. I'm not coughing my head. I'm not coughing my head off. Wow. That's pretty good. I, I will say I'm trying to do my best and not say that every whiskey or every bourbon that I try is smooth. This is definitely not smooth. And that but I mean it is really good. I like that. That's really good. That is totally. That is totally worth 30 bucks, guys. 30 bucks, 1776, James E. Pepper bourbon. Definitely worth it. I mean, that that's pretty good. Well, I will definitely be drinking that for the rest of the episode. Fireball, you no, don't, don't I'm going to turn it around so the label doesn't face me. You you face the wall. You face the wall. Oh my gosh. What was I thinking? Well, I did say I was gonna try something that I was scared of. And it burned it burned all right well hope everybody will have a better halloween than i just had or did um so a couple things uh real uh gonna uh can't talk fireball you messed me up man you messed me up 
Uh, so I already got the beer for the month of November. I did say a couple weeks ago that the month of November was going to be cheap beer month. So find the cheapest beer in the grocery store, bring it home. I found two. They were both the same price on their six pack. So I got them. Uh, I will not reveal them on this show, on this episode. I will reveal them next week on the very first episode of November. Um, that week, I will also be traveling uh, for a wedding, uh, my brother's wedding. It's finally here, guys. I'm so excited. I finally got the best man speech uh, written down. I just need to practice it, time it right. I don't think it's too long. I, To be honest with you, I think I could be done in maybe like less than five minutes with this thing. And, uh, and that's totally fine with me i don't i ramble on here i just don't want to ramble in front of other people and plus like i said i'm a nervous public speaker i don't like it but this i'm okay with because one this is audio two it's not video and three i get to do and act however i want without having anyone actually see me and that's the way i kind of like it my my introvert being is totally happy totally mellow with that so i got the beer next week I'll be uh traveling and then coming back and maybe be doing an episode the following week i'll be coming back late uh early in the week uh the 13th so maybe we'll have an episode on the 14th maybe i'll have a uh maybe i'll skip a week and uh, so who knows we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it all right, so let's go into a little bit of Halloween stuff here before we go into, like, some sports. I do have something sport-wise related to Halloween, but um, he here's the question of the episode. I'm going to put this on Spotify uh, as the uh, Q&A section. What is the worst Halloween candy out there? What is the worst Halloween candy? And... I, I've seen people's answers go to like candy corn or black licorice. I, I have a problem with some of the people who go, uh, who say like they don't like, I, I'm not a fan of Skittles, but I mean, when they go after some of the bigger name, like, you know, candies, like one person uh, said they didn't like Butterfingers. What is wrong with you? Uh, one person said they didn't like Almond Joys. I'm not a big fan either uh, of Almond Joys, but I would rather have an Almond Joy than Candy Corn or Black Licorice. Um, let's see here. Somebody said Hot Tamales. The, yeah, I probably would rather have Candy Corn over Hot Tamales. Somebody said Tootsie Rolls. I was like, what? What kind of childhood did you have? How can you hate Tootsie Rolls? Um, and how can you say that's a bad Halloween candy? And that there are worse Halloween candy. Black licorice and candy corn take the top two spots. So they're tied. I mean, if somebody says, oh, candy corn's worse, then you have to go, well, what about black licorice? You like black licorice? And they're going to go, oh, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. And that's the way I am. Like, if I say black licorice, then somebody will say, oh, you want a piece of candy corn? No. And I, or if I say it the other way, uh, I'm just not a fan of candy corn. And then somebody goes, oh, hey, I got some black licorice. No. So, I mean, they're both on the same, same level. Both suck. Both are bad. I don't like them. Uh, favorite Halloween candy? Definitely Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Absolutely. It's my weakness. It's one of my biggest weaknesses is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. 
Personally, I don't think that two Reese cups is enough in a package. Okay. All right, and I and I hate it when somebody says, "Oh, the king size has four. No, no, no. The regular package should have four. That's how many should actually be in the package. Let's, the regular size is four. If you want to do the king size or king me size or whatever, that's when you get those two like really big stuffed um, Reese cups, and you put those in and and call that king size. That's that's what you do. All right, but that's going to be the question. In the Spotify Q&A section, what is the worst Halloween candy ever? Just flat out ever. I'm not a big fan of Swedish Fish either. Not a big fan of Swedish Fish. And uh, So Swedish Fish, candy corn, or black licorice, I'm trading immediately. I am just like, hey, hey, what, what do you want for this? Like, you gotta find, if you know a psychopath... If you know a psychopath, like a, a, a small, like little kid psychopath who loves those stuff, that's the guy you trade them with. All right. That's the guy you trade them with. Like if you have siblings and your siblings are all in the same boat where you all hate uh, candy corn, black licorice or sweet fish or hot tamales or something like that. If you all of you guys don't like that, then who are your friends? Do you really know your friends? Yeah, he dressed up as uh yeah, he dressed up as like Star Wars or maybe he even dressed up as Captain America. But deep down, there may be a psychopath in him. Did you ever think of that? And that some of you, I, I, I don't know if I'm actually talking to the kids or whatever, or like parents. If, you, if you're a parent and you know your kid doesn't like black licorice, but you know of a family down the street where their kid loves black licorice, one, keep an eye out on that kid. And two, you tell your kids, hey, hey, uh, Billy over there likes black licorice. Maybe you could trade uh, your black licorice for maybe um, a Snickers or a Three Musketeers or a Trix or something. You know, I mean, come on. You got you got to be strategic here, guys. Got to be thinking. OK, and that worst Halloween candy. Got to get rid of it as as quickly as possible because i mean when you get home and you dump it out and you start like figuring out how much of every candy you got and then you start trading with your siblings or whatever i mean if all of you have black licorice nobody wants black licorice unless they pocket all the black licorice or candy corn they pocket it all and then they go into school the next day and go hey man i got all these black licorice what do you want for and that you know I mean, you even set up a buy, sell, trade, barter system at school too. The next day, and that I, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, just spitballing. All I'm saying is, get rid of the bad candy, bring in the gold, bring in the good one or the gold stuff, the gold standard, and that in my house or in my childhood, all my siblings and me, we loved Reese cups. It was just a matter of how many, how many Reese cups could each of us get. Because we all loved them, and nobody was trading Reese cups for anything. If you had a Reese cup, you keep that Reese cup, and that you never trade the Reese cup. That was the gold in in the household. So that's going to be the Q and A question of uh, or yeah Q and A of this episode, episode one forty five. Can you guys believe it's one hundred and forty five episodes? Oh my gosh, we're almost to one fifty. Almost 150. This is unreal. I mean, the year's not even over yet. Wow. Man, kicking butt this year, am I? Holding up this show like it's 
like it's my job or something. I mean, I do have the occasional guest host or the occasional guest or co-host on the uh, on the podcast, and I and I welcome them. I love I love having them on here. Like I tell you guys before, I, I can carry this show, but it's way more fun with somebody else here to talk, banter, and just have all kinds of different shenanigans with, and that's. Uh, but here is an article that I found uh, preparing for this uh, Halloween episode. The 10 most memorable Halloween moments in sports history. Halloween gives kids the chance to dress up as their favorite characters, celebrities, and athletes while collecting buckets full of candy. What can be better? Well, in many cases, watching the players who inspired the c- costumes can be a little bit better. So we have... Starting off, we have uh, Billy Cannon's Halloween run. Billy Cannon was a Heis- had a Heisman moment for the uh, 1959 season. Number one LSU faced number three Ole Miss in a battle of stifling defenses at Tiger Stadium, trailing three to nothing in the fourth quarter. Cannon gave the top-ranked Fighting Tigers all the scoring they would need with an 89-yard punt return touchdown as they earned the 7-3 win. Uh, Second uh, Halloween moment, Frank Mahomes. Mahavalich? Frank Mahavalich? I'm going to say that's how you say the name. Nets NHL's first Halloween hat trick. And a Detroit Red Wings forward got his first hat trick with the franchise in seventh of his career on October 31st, 1968, in a 7-5 victory over the Boston Bruins. I didn't read this, did I? Had I known it was the Boston uh, against the Boston Bruins, I would not have mentioned that. Uh, Wayne Gretzky and Kevin Stevens score matching hat tricks. Wayne Gretzky and Kevin Stevens made Halloween hat trick history of their own in 1989 with three goals from each player in a matchup between the Los Angeles Kings and Pittsburgh. Penguins. It was the first time two players netted hat tricks in the same game on the holiday. Wow. And there's a few more in here. Oh, got to mention this one. Uh, Derek Jeter becomes Mr. November. Technically, this moment may have ended on November 1st, but it started on Halloween, so we're counting it here. Game four of the 2001 World Series between the New York Yankees and the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, by the way, are playing as of this episode in the World Series against the Texas Rangers. Series is currently tied up 1-1. The first... Major League Baseball game to be played on October 31st. Derek Jeter earned a new nickname with a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning after the clock struck midnight, even evening the series between them and the Diamondbacks at two and two. And so there's going to be there's a few more in here. Uh, uh, Steph Curry drops 53 points on the Pelicans. I'm going to put this uh, I'm going to put this article also in the show notes for this uh, episode. I won't bore you guys with all the details and everything or read this whole thing to you i'll put it in the uh, show notes and you guys can check it out for yourself on the other uh six major halloween moments in sports history i've realized that i've been on kind of a huge college football kick as of late along with the whole whiskey kick and everything so we're gonna i'm going to try i'm gonna try my best to Hold all my hold all my college football comments and the picks for the very end of the show. 
We're going to try and hold it. And I, I want to try and bring up some hockey. I mean, we are a few weeks, uh, was it three, four weeks now into the season? So it's like, what's going on? What's happening? Well, so if you guys were paying attention during the um, fantasy hockey draft, uh, that was a bonus episode, not an actual episode, but a bonus episode a few weeks ago. I did not pick up David Pasternak, who has been like my number one draft pick over the past like three or four seasons and that and i got uh, i got robbed essentially and that i got robbed essentially of this pick because the guy in front of me picked posternock and my whole my whole plan was just shattered my absolute whole plan was shattered once Posh, if i would have picked up posternock i probably would have felt a whole lot better about the strategy and everything else that i would have done so i had to think quick on my feet and so i picked uh as my number one overall draft pick i picked connor bedard the newly uh first round draft pick of the chicago blackhawks it's rigged it's rigged sorry had to say that you the the lottery was rigged totally rigged so i had to pick him up i i I mean somebody was going i feel like somebody was going to somebody had to have known connor bedard is on the draft board in fantasy hockey he's going to definitely start he's definitely going to go and be part of the opening night roster and everything so i mean it's like I mean, you you gotta ha- you gotta take a chance. You gotta take a chance. And my brother, and that was like, he's gonna be a dud. He's gonna be a dud. God. I'm not calling him a dud yet. Okay, is he a super? Is he at that superstar level that he was down in the junior no, in the junior leagues? No, absolutely not. He's nowhere near that right now. But I mean, we're only just a few weeks in, and I know some of you guys are going to be like, "Well, when Sidney Crosby joined the league, he uh, yeah, fine." Uh, or some of you are going to say, "Well, Alex Ovechkin, yeah, okay, I get it." Or you're going to say, "Connor, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid." It's like, guys, guys, I get it. There may be jitters here. There may be something, okay? The kid's 19 years old, all right? I Here I am sitting at a microphone at 33 who's never played the sport of hockey but loves it. This, I mean, loves the sport to death. It's like it's the number one sport in my opinion, even though it doesn't get the respect and the recognition it deserves. And that, But at the same time, it's like, He's 19 years old, okay? He's not a dud yet. We're only three weeks in. You get to halfway through the season, and Connor Bedard has only, like, registered maybe, like, what, is, what, what does he currently have? And uh, let's go to stats here. Blackhawks, players. Blackhawks play also later on tonight. Connor Bedard has three goals, two assists, five points, average ice time of 20 minutes, Average power play time on the ice is five minutes. He's had one power play goal, seven hits, three blocks, two penalty minutes. Okay, he's at minus four in the plus minus, but he's not a dud. All right, let me ask you this, guys. For for those of you who are absolutely thinking he's he's a dud already, you've given up on him only three weeks in the season, okay? Let me ask you this, all right? Where's Shane Wright? Remember Shane Wright? Remember a couple of years ago, Shane Wright got drafted, or he felt like he got snubbed the first, the very first 
pick of the draft by the Montreal Canadiens. Feels like he got snubbed, and then he went to Seattle Kraken. He got drafted second overall by the Seattle Kraken. And then where's he at? He's not even on the roster. Kraken are playing tonight. Actually, the Kraken are actually are playing right now. And that's the end of the second period as of this recording. And then let's go to Kraken player stats. Let's see here. Is there a Shane Wright in the in the lineup? No, there is no Shane Wright. Where is Shane Wright? He's down in AAA or he's somewhere else. Okay, Shane Wright, he's a dud. He was a dud because when he stepped on the ice, nothing happened. He wasn't the superstar. He wasn't the guy that everybody thought he was. I'm not calling Bedard a dud yet. I still have faith in Connor Bedard. He was my first and over, uh, first overall pick, okay? I have to have faith in this. Now, if I go to my fantasy, if I go to fantasy and I look up the stats, where does he rank based on my league's uh, stats? He's got 15 point. Uh, two five points, and that. Uh, see here, he's not the worst. I got defensemen who are worse. Tyler Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi for Toronto, he's worse. Uh, Justin Falk from St. Louis, he's worse. Uh, Orloff from Carolina, worse. And that. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And that he's worse. He's only at 14 and a half points. I got guys like Kaprizov from Minnesota with 20. I got Panarin from the Rangers with 24. I got Dabrinkit with 41. And that I got Chishirin with Ottawa with 36. I mean, it's like, yeah, I have some superstars on my roster. I have some really good guys on my roster, but I'm not willing to say, oh, Connor Bedard only has 16, or he's only got 16 points. He's averaging 1.9 points per game or per per time in the lineup. And that is like, I'm not giving up on him yet. We get to probably around January and he doesn't have, let's say, if he doesn't have 20 goals by January, that's when I'll consider letting him go and seeking free agency. And that that's when I'll give up on. I don't like these people who are just like, oh, he, he's just not who we think. Nobody can have a Austin Matthews kind of debut, okay? Nobody can have that Austin Matthews debut all the time if you're the first-round draft pick or if you are a top, top-round draft pick, okay? You, can't, you cannot expect that. Every year from the number one or at least a uh, number one pick in the draft. Okay. You can't. And that the expectation bar is so high. Only a few people are going to hit it and it's going to be hit by people that were not even the number one overall, but they will be like the 10th pick in the draft. And you'll be like, Oh, see, see, we knew he was good. No, I, I can't understand why he didn't go sooner. He wasn't that good. He wasn't. It just happened to be his moment. It just happened to be his time. I'm not calling Connor Bedard a dud yet. It's it's too soon. We are three weeks in. It's too soon. But with fantasy hockey news, I'm two and one, baby. Woo! Yes! And that started off a little uh 
little uh uh sluggish and then uh dropped a heartbreaker dropped a heartbreaker week one uh week two got my first win against kurt sorry kurt and that i sent kurt oh and two uh last week i faced off against the uh the thief the guy who stole david posternock from me and that and i beat him by like 10 something points so it's like yes so two wins in a row and now comes the dreaded week three or week four match and that is between me and my former co-host old uh, old numb nuts and currently as of this recording, he is up by one and a quarter point. Oh, sorry. One and fifteenths point. And that current score is 8.25 to, or 10.2 to 8.85. That's the score currently. So, I uh, haven't heard from him. Like I said, don't expect to and if i hear anything from him that says good game hope you have a good week or something i'm not going to acknowledge so numb nuts i hope i sweep you again dude i do that's my goal this year is not to only repeat as champion but my goal is to absolutely dominate you and to dominate the guy who stole david Pasternak for me those are my three goals if i can accomplish all three in the same season man it was a good year But with fantasy hockey, or not with fantasy hockey, that was fantasy going over to actual, you know, hockey news and everything. Um, Is it just me or does it seem like there's been a lot of injuries already? We're only three weeks in and there's a lot of players dropping like flies, man. It's driving me crazy. And was it Joe Thornton? This past week, Joe Thornton officially retired from the NHL. Did not see that coming. 1,539 points in 1,714 NHL games. Wow. Just, I mean, it's it's an end of an era. End of an era with with now Joe Thornton retiring. I mean... Who would have thunk it? Uh, I mean, that hurt. That hurt. I mean, it shocked me. I mean, that was just only a few days ago. Just a few days ago. And that, and he, and he gives his retirement, like, I don't know, Facebook Live or Instagram Live or whatever. He gave his, he gave his like, uh, retirement speech shirtless and with the beard. So it's like, what more can you ask for from, from Joe Thornton? But with injuries, we have um, Thomas Shabbat for the Ottawa Senators. Broken hand will miss four to six weeks. Um, let's see here. We got David Savard with the Montreal Canadiens. Broken hand will miss six to eight weeks. So that's two broken. Yeah, two broken hands there. Um, Taylor Hall is week to week after aggravating a shoulder injury with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Andre Burakovsky will miss six to eight weeks with an upper body injury. It's always six to eight weeks. All of these six to eight weeks stuff. Um, let's see here. Gabe Vilardi, Gabe Vilardi with an MCL sprain, four to six weeks. 
Luke Shen with Nashville Predators. Lower body will miss four to six weeks. Um, tough break for Kirby Doc, who is out for the remainder of 2023-24 NHL season after tearing both his ACL and MCL. Ooh. Speedy recovery, dude. Hopefully you get better than that. Hopefully we'll see you next year. Uh, Brandon Tenev, lower body injury, will miss four to six weeks with the Seattle Kraken. Matt Boldy, upper body, is considered week to week. Victor Arvidsson, back surgery, is considered month to month. I mean, just injury after injury. Zach Rowinski and that lower body will miss one to two weeks. I mean, it just feels like all these names. It's just like, wow, what is going on? And I almost feel the same way with the NFL. Like, I don't do a really good job this year keeping up with the NFL or the NFL news or whatever. But it's like almost every day you see a name or something drop where it's like, oh, out for the season. Up, oh, gonna miss this week's game. Up, oh, gonna miss a couple weeks' game. It's like, my gosh, what is going on? I mean, I get that sports are physical, and they should be. All sports should be physical. There should be some sort of element there where everybody is just like giving it their hardest. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I stand on this. I don't know if I stand more on player safety or if I stand more on competition. And that it's one thing to be competitive. It's another where it's like you're you're missing a real good chunk of time. But at the same time, these guys are getting paid whether they play or not, whether they're hurt or not. They're, getting, they're still getting paid. And then, so to them, it's like to some players, it'll probably be like, yeah, it sucks that I'm not doing my actual job actually going out there and playing and that and, and i'm still taking a paycheck from these guys whereas there's others who will probably be like man this is the easiest way to make however many millions of dollars it's like that's a horrible that's a horrible mentality that's a horrible mentality nobody wants to see their favorite player or to see a player hurt nobody wants to see that it just sucks that and it just seems like it's I mean, football was it? NFL were like in what week seven, going on week eight or whatever. It's like, and you're seeing a lot of these injuries are out out for the rest of the season, kind of stuff. And it's just like, wow, what the heck? I mean, we're not even almost halfway through yet. We're not even halfway through. What the heck's going on here? And then you get to hockey, and you're seeing all these injuries only three weeks in. It's like, oh my gosh. What's going on here? I, I get hockey is physical. Hockey is tough and everything, but whoa, why, why is all this happening like so fast? Why does it feel like it's happening so fast? You know, uh, I mean, that just, that kind of just throws me off. I mean, the whole injuries and everything. And just part of me is just like, I can't believe all of this is happening. I can't. It's like, what, what am I, what are we doing? Are we living in the twilight zone or something? I don't know. I just don't know. Well, the only other thing I really have for hockey uh, news or anything, and I'm going to push the boundaries here with this. I'm, I'm going to seriously push the uh, boundaries here. And that is, okay, so back during the offseason, uh, the NHL made a statement saying that they were going to um, – discontinue the use of um, specialty worn jerseys uh, for special causes. And it all had to do with the whole pride 
um, jerseys and everything because there was there was pushback by some players. I won't say all players, but there were definitely some players who voiced their opinions and said that that they were not going to participate wearing those jerseys. To which the NHL got so much flack about these players not wanting to participate and everything. And so the NHL said that, okay, we're just going to do away with specialty jerseys. So that so that's how they handled it at first. It was, okay, so no more specialty warm-up jerseys, no more pride, no more um, breast cancer awareness, no more cancer awareness, no more uh, military night appreciation jerseys. They're just getting away with it so you're fixing the problem by eradicating everything there in order to appease a certain portion of a popular of a major of a of a population you just you appeasing a small portion of a population and that actually you're not even really appeasing it's just you know, hey, to avoid any more conflict of interest or any more like scrutiny, we're just going to get away with we're just going to do away with all of the specialty jerseys. And that should hopefully solve the problem. Well, then a month before the season starts, the NHL sends out another memo saying no pride tape or multicolor tape on sticks. And I, now you can still do colors. You can still do color tape, like you still do a red, all red or all black, all white, um, yellow, green, whatever. You can still do that, but you can't do, you know, the pride color or, or the rainbow color. And that, and all of a sudden, the NHL gets scrutinized again, and so then they change face and go, you know what, you, you can do that, but still no specialty jerseys. It's like, pick a lane and stay with it. I mean, I'm not a fan. I, I'm going to, I'm going to let my, I'm gonna let my uh, I'm gonna let some of my values and beliefs come out here, okay, guys. I'm not a fan of the whole pride thing, okay, but I do believe in something called selective participation, okay. If some players don't care what kind of jersey that they put on for warmups, fine. They are totally fine by doing that. I don't care if they support it or not. They're totally fine with doing it because they don't care. Now, for those who actually do care and actually do not want to participate, that's up to them. Why does it have to be one or the other extreme? Why does it have to be we have to get rid of all specialty jerseys and and pride tape or everybody has to participate? Why can't it be selective participation? Okay, why can't it be that? that that's a that is a good middle ground okay i don't like the pride jerseys i don't like pride nights i don't like it okay it goes against my beliefs and my values okay so i show a little bit of politics on this show sue me and i'm pushing the boundary with this and that but that's where i stand but if i have a teammate who wants to wear the jersey that's fine i'm not going to hate him I'm not going to think any less of them. It's their choice. They're allowed to choose. You're allowed to choose to participate in that. I'm choosing not to participate in that. But because there's been so much pushback on this particular subject or on this particular jersey or theme, and that we have to eliminate the military appreciation and the uh, cancer awareness. So who 
was there pushback against people who weren't wearing the cancer jerseys? Not that I can think of. Was there any pushback from people saying, uh, why is Alexander Ovechkin wearing a uh, military appreciation jersey? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, hell, he wears red, white, and blue every freaking game for the Washington Capitals. He plays for the freaking capital team of this nation, of America. Same colors as the Russian flag and everything. I don't see what the big deal is. Why can't we have selective participation? That's all I'm asking. All right. I put myself out there and if I get hate mail or something or saying like I, I this episode contains hate speech, go fuck yourself. And I'm not going to even bleep myself on that. I'm not. I ha I said what I said. I'm going to stick with it. I no apologies here in the penalty box. I said what I said. I'm done playing nice. I'm done playing like, I mean, when we, when this show started, it was the premise of sports and beer and nothing else. Politics, bullshit, and all that aside, we just focus on the sports. Win, losses, players, moments, stats, weird shenanigan crap. I mean, that's what we focused on. Where's it gotten me? Not pretty far. And I don't care. Because I'm doing this show for me more than anything now. Because I enjoy it. I like voicing my opinion. Because everybody has an opinion, whether you like it or not. And good luck trying to shut me up or trying to cancel me. I really don't give a damn. I've seen the analytics every week. You cannot freaking put me down and say, well, we're going to go, go ahead. Go ahead and try. Like that's gonna like that's gonna persuade me. Like you're actually gonna hurt me. You're not gonna hurt me. You're not. Just selective participation. There's your common ground. There's your middle ground. Let the players choose what they can or cannot do or wear or put on their freaking sticks. It's the dumbest thing ever. Sure, there are some people out there with difference of opinions. That's fine. That's the way the world freaking works. All right, moving on. Let's go to college football real quick. So the picks from last week. As it currently stands, the top five have stayed the same, but somehow Daniel went perfect. Daniel went 5-0. and And the... He didn't even pick the sixth game. He didn't even pick the winner between Duke and Louisville. He was that confident going in. He was that confident that he doesn't need to make that choice. He doesn't have to do what I did, and that is pick the lesser of two evils. I picked Louisville. Hey, it worked. Louisville won. And I can't believe I yelled at the TV that's, and said, go Louisville. I can't believe it. Never in a million years, and I think I would ever say that. So Daniel goes perfect in quotes because technically he did, but at the same time, he didn't pick a sixth game. So he goes five and zero. Oh, he has 39 wins now. I went four and two. I was kind of hoping to go perfect. I was kind of hoping to go six and zero, oh. but Texas state uh, absolutely screwed the pooch um, against Troy. And then, uh, it was UNLV, uh, their five-game winning streak comes to an end after Fresno State beats them. So I go four and two. 
but Daniel gained a win on me. So I went from being five wins down to now six. So Daniel has 39. I have 33. Scrami um, has 27. Steve is now 24. Still in fourth place, but he is... He's he's digging, baby. He is digging. He's trying to get to that third place spot. He wants it. He wants it bad. And Brittany also had a really good week. Brittany went five, yeah, five and one. Brittany went five and one this week, and she is now at twenty one wins, three wins behind Steve. Steve, you better. I, I know you want that third place spot, but you got a. You got somebody in fifth place who's chasing you down, bud. You got somebody chasing you down. And that one of the games that I watched this week, and I just, man, I feel so bad, is the Colorado, University of Colorado, the Buffaloes. Man, I feel so bad. And I I feel bad for, I really don't feel bad for Dion. Dion can take this. He, he can handle the criticism. And I feel bad for his son, Shador. I mean, watching that game where he has like maybe a second or a second and a half to try and get rid of that ball. I mean, that offensive line is just, man, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And then, I mean, watching that game against UCLA, I was like, I was pulling for Colorado. I really was. I was kind of hoping Colorado would win that game. But, man, I mean, that offensive line needs some serious work. Either they need some serious work or maybe um, if I was Dion, if I was the coach, I would start looking at my second string or third string guys and be like, okay, we're, we're going to do some, we're going to do a lot of offensive lineman drills here. And we're going to see who wants it more, who wants this starting job more, who thinks they can handle this job more than the other. I think we need to reevaluate here because man, Shadur has been knocked on his ass or either sacked a, a ton. And I, I couldn't watch the whole game. I, I had to turn it off sometime in the third quarter. I There's just so much torture and pain that that a person can take watching. And that it, it was just bad. It was just absolutely bad. I also watched the Oregon-Utah game, and Oregon did a really great job Um taking the Utah crowd out of it. And I think they even said that was the first loss that Utah had at home in like 20 something games. It's like, wow. I mean, way to go Oregon. And on, uh, that, that was a, that was a really good game. And I had, and everybody had Oregon for that one. Everybody picked up Oregon for that. So good on everybody with the Oregon pick. So now we look ahead to week 10, and that the matchups are not that great going into week 10, everybody. I have two Big 12 matchups. I have two SEC matchups. I have one ACC matchup and one Pac-12 matchup. The Big 10 does not make it into... The Big Ten does not make it into this uh, week's uh, picks, nor does a wild card um, conference make it into this week's picks. And so I had to pick games that I thought were going to be the most entertaining. So that's how I did this. So the matchups are ACC. We have Miami, Florida versus North Carolina State. Big 12, number 25, Kansas State versus number seven, Texas. 
Big 12 matchup number two, we have number 10, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. The last time that that game, that that rivalry will take place, Oklahoma State is staying in the Big 12. Oklahoma is leaving for the SEC next year. And therefore, this is the last in-state rivalry between the schools. They will not continue this rivalry once Oklahoma leaves for the SEC next year. We have the Pac-12, number five, Washington versus number 24, USC. SEC matchup number one, we have number 13, LSU versus number eight, Alabama. And second SEC matchup, we have number 14, Missouri versus number one, Georgia. So there are your there are your matchups for this week. Remember to place your picks uh Friday between Friday afternoon going into uh Saturday afternoon. So from about one o'clock Friday afternoon to one o'clock Saturday. Make sure you guys vote and put your picks in. And that is very important. You stay keep in touch with that. All right, because Top five, they, they, us top five guys, we've been comfortable for the past couple weeks where we are, but I mean, still got some football still to play. And if you pick them right, who knows? Give somebody in the top five a run for their money. So, ACC matchup Miami, Florida versus North Carolina State. I'm going to pick North Carolina State. I kind of watched their game last week. Uh, against Clemson. Uh, I think they did a great job holding off Clemson towards the end of the game there. So I'm going to pick North Carolina state. I uh, can't really trust Miami, Florida. If the coach is uh, going to try and run a play rather than kneel it and just run the clock out. Hopefully he has learned his lesson, but if not just to be safe, I'm going North Carolina state big 12 matchup number 25, Kansas state versus number seven, Texas hook em horns, baby hook em horns going with the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Second Big 12 matchup, number 10, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma being upsetted last week by Kansas. Oh, that was such a good game. Oh, that was so good. I wish I had the channel for that game. Oh, oh I was, oh, man, I was watching. What was I watching? Was I, no, I wasn't watching Oregon. And was I watching Oregon and Utah when that game was going on? I I can't remember, but I was watching, I was watching the game and I just, I, I wasn't really focused on the actual game. I was more glued to the bottom screen, the scroller. And I was waiting for like score update to come up and be like, come on, Kansas, come on, Kansas. So that was so cool, man. Congrats, Kansas. So number 10, Oklahoma versus unranked Oklahoma state, uh, man, I'm six wins behind Daniel. And I know me and him usually pick the same stuff, but if I want to try and make up, if I want to try and catch ground, I have to not pick the same team. So part of me thinks he's going to pick Oklahoma. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going for it. Oklahoma state. Let's go Cowboys. Uh, let's go Cowboys. Let's beat Oklahoma. Two losses in a row, baby. Let's do it. Pac-12, number five, Washington versus number 24, USC. Let's go for three losses in a row. I'm picking number five, Washington, for the upset over the uh, home team, number 24, USC. I mean, I say upset, but at the same time, if you're Caleb Williams or USC, you kind of have to just say F it and just sit out for the rest of the year. And that might as well, dude. 
I mean, you, you're going to be number one overall in the draft next year. You might as well just sit out the rest of the year. Your your playoff hopes are dashed, gone, crushed. Forget about it. I mean, you're two spots two spots away from being out of the top 25. And that's uh, number five, Washington, for the win. SEC matchup number one, we got number 13, LSU, versus number eight, Alabama. I know my brother's going to pick Alabama. I should pick Alabama. But last time... I didn't pick Alabama. I picked Texas. And what happened? Texas won. All right? And y'all doubted me. All of you doubted me that no way Texas could do what they almost did last year in Texas, and that was beat Alabama. And what they do? You're right. They couldn't do what they did almost last year, and that was beat Alabama at Texas. They did it even better. They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I'm going with number 13 LSU. I cannot believe I'm rooting for Brian Kelly, but I got to. I've got to. I'm going with number 13 LSU for the upset against number 8 Alabama. We'll see who's crazy after this week. We'll see who's crazy. And finally, the last SEC matchup, we have number 14, Missouri, versus number one, Georgia. Man, Missouri's one of those teams where it's just like, I mean, you want to root for them because they're having the best season that they've ever had in the last 20 years of their program. But, I mean, picking LSU over Alabama, that's a slight stretch. Picking Missouri over Georgia? Okay, you're on loony pills, okay? I mean, that's just flat out, straight up, okay? That's what's going on there. I I love I love watching like some of these guys on YouTube or social media where they're making Missouri like this like evil character like nobody's taking them seriously nobody thinks that their record is that great even though it's the best record that they've had in 20 years of their program missouri i'm happy for you but you're gonna get your second loss of the season you're gonna lose to georgia so i'm gonna pick georgia (laughs) i'm sorry i mean everybody says like there's no really powerhouse team it's still georgia it's still georgia did you not watch the Georgia-Florida game? It's still Georgia. So, picking Georgia beat Missouri. And if anybody's picking Missouri, oh, gosh. Okay, probably by the kickoff, we're going to be like, okay, uh, is there any uh, history of mental illness in your family? Uh, but probably towards the fourth quarter, if it is a good game, we'll start looking at you and go, Whoa, dude, you you need to play the lottery or something. But that's just me. That's just me. So those are my picks, guys. Um, I told you guys what the Q&A is going to be. It's going to be worst candy of worst Halloween candy for the Q&A for the uh, pick or for the poll in uh, Spotify. It's going to be mm, let's do the rivalry. Let's do number 10 Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. As the poll question, who's going to win that game this week? All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for me in the penalty box for episode 145. Can you believe it? It's 145 and I survived Halloween. I survived the fireball. And that 
Be sure to check us out on uh, Instagram at Drop the Gloves Podcast, all lowercase, all one word for all the beer, sports, and shenanigans that take place in between these episodes. Special shout out to Spotify for Podcasters, my hosting platform for 145 episodes strong. Thank you guys for giving me, host Charlie, 145 episodes. We are also on Apple, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Google. F you, Google. I am your host, Charlie, reminding you that life is too short to drink crappy beer and whiskey. And I will see you guys next week in the penalty box. And this one!